Hi, I'm Marianne Talkovsky, and you're listening to the Humanity Speaks podcast. With over a decade of experience as a holistic health practitioner and face reader, I've read hundreds of faces and elevated how many people see themselves. Every person's facial features tell a story of who they are and who they came to be. And in this podcast, you will hear what people see and learn about themselves while looking in the mirror. You won't want to miss an episode, so be sure to subscribe. Jillian Walker is a woman, mom, friend, and creator of Trace Indie on YouTube. She shares her passionate beliefs on diversity and community, and also what she's processing through current events, emotions that many of us can relate to. Listen as she powerfully shares her intentions to expand her own child's understanding of the world, and also how she listens and supports other women by creating a space for their voices to be heard while on the journey to share her own. It's so good. Okay, so Humanity Speaks episode 14. I'm here with my dear, gorgeous friend, Jillian Walker. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> I mean, you know me. I'm I'm very nervous. <laughs> and, I, and I wore my waterproof mascara. So you, you never know what's going to happen when I'm with you. Oh my gosh. I'm so, so I did an interview with you on your channel, Trace Indie, mm-hmm. a, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And I was literally like, I cannot wait for the tables to turn and have you on the other end. So this is what I deserve. Yeah. <laughs> so I think I told you my mom listened to that interview and she yeah. cried. So you were so good. You facilitated and it held Thanks. me in a good space. So thank you. Oh, thank you for sharing your story. <laughs> um, so we're talking about a couple of things today, and I mentioned Trace Indy. Let's start there. Talk about okay. that. Like, like what's going on there? Like what happened? Um, so. I mean, as most people know, it's a pandemic. And I think that a lot of people, you know, just like I did, wanted to figure out, oh, shoot, what do I do now? You know, I'm not a sourdough bed- bread baker and I <laughs> don't want to write a novel. And um, while all those things are really great, they're just not in my wheelhouse. And so I had wanted to start a journey with opening a business specifically focused on women. And that hit a giant roadblock with a pandemic when you can't be around other people and when businesses close. Um, so kind of a, you know, a godsend that I didn't have a physical building to pay for, which is, um, I'm taking that as a bit of a gift. But then I said, well, what do I do? I want to fill my cup too. And I want to, you know, stay connected with amazing women in our community as well. Um, and through that, I just thought, just let's just have coffee, even if it's not together. So having coffee apart and then recorded it. And, you know, I wanted to share, excuse me, all these amazing women in our city and some beyond, but mainly in Indy, that are doing these great things. And they don't have to be CEOs and they don't have to be, um, you know, what we would see on that male trajectory of success, but women doing such important community, deep 
work, just like you do, right? We're getting in touch with who we are and, and sharing that. And I wanted to share that with other people in a really snackable way. So, you know, only 20, 25 minutes max and kind of who people are and what they do and how they get there and what do they need and, you know, what is that legacy they're trying to leave? So it was completely selfish. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to do it completely for myself. Um, you know, I just really want to stay connected and, and, and share other people's stories. What's that process been like since you've started it? Yeah, um, a learning curve and still trying to find its fit, right? So you can go in and check how many people, there are some that have, you know, almost 100 people have viewed, you know, uh, their interviews, their coffee conversations, and some that only have three. Um, And both are completely okay. And so just trying to figure out you know, I, you know me, I am a horrible self-promoter to a fault. Um, I find it kind of icky. And so I'm not quite sure where to do, what to do with them. Um, but I think they're, they're a gift that I want to give. Again, not, I'm not the tip of that spear. Like we're just going on this journey together. So not quite sure yet, but it's been a learning process of, oh, how do I record? I don't love editing. How do I, you know, how to put on uh, cover pages and end pages and what does YouTube really mean? And yeah. um, it's it's been a good learning journey and I'm still just at the infant stage of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this start looks so great. Thanks. I've listened to a few and the stories have been so compelling and I love the questions that you're asking. You mentioned this was a response to the limitations that we had of not mm-hmm. being able to gather because of the pandemic you had a different passion or goal prior to this Mm -hmm. and you mentioned building so what does that mean yeah yeah i originally wanted to open and maybe still do to an extent i think um the world is going to look a little bit different when we come out the other side um i want i wanted to build specifically a co-working space with child care on site well and while that sounds very duh right um you know majority of women don't have flexible care. They need flexible care. The way that institutional childcare is set right now, um, it's there's very few flex spaces. The way that it is, um, providers don't actually make money until kids are toddlers because of restrictions on, um, you know, licensing and how many, you know, ratios and all of that sort of thing. And it's, right. you know, a much deeper conversation <laughs> to have at some point, um, especially the way that we look at childcare in Indianapolis and as a country as a whole. Um, but I wanted to offer a space that gave women a place to do really good work and be heads down. I mean, I'm very lucky that I work in technology right now. And so I can work remote and work from home. But that also means that, you know, if I had an infant or had a two-year-old, he wouldn't need full-time care. And so what would that flexibility be? I mean, I would be a tremendous uh, mom. I feel like if I had that flexibility to breathe a better human, a better person, a better worker. And support. And support if I had the ability to go to my office, which is a co-working space, drop my son off in childcare, 
if I wanted to take a moment to breastfeed, I could go breastfeed if that was something, you know, that was important. If I wanted to take my lunch and walk him to the park and then we both come back and I go back to work. And then I don't also feel bad about taking that last minute meeting or, you know, having something that might run over because he's right there. Um, I think that having support for women is just incredibly important. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get there one day. Yes. And it's definitely a conversation that needs to keep happening because there isn't a lot of support in this country yeah. for women that are working moms, especially right. newer working moms. And there's a lot of pressure, especially with the breastfeeding aspect. 100%. I mean, I I would shout from the root, rooftops and, you know, I've, I've written an article before and, and talked to lots of people that, um, you know, childcare needs to be considered infrastructure. It is infrastructure to a city, to a community. It's as important as buses and sidewalks, you know, and it it's part of how we build a forward moving society. And if we don't hold back, then obviously nine times out of 10, the woman is the primary caregiver. Um, and that is a giant step back for women's careers. If they only, if the only choice they have is to stay home or not have kids, then that is not acceptable. So we can do better on support. So we have to just start thinking of things as childcare, as infrastructure. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so I want to get to your face because everything that you're saying right now, I'm like, that's why she's saying that. And that's what I see in her face. And this is why, you know, so let's 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 start that first. Okay. So you know kind of the, the process here of looking in the mirror. Now, do I take glasses off? Do I keep glasses on? Why don't you take your glasses okay. off? And then take a moment and just... Okay really take in what do you see and because people listening may not see a photo of you in front of them or they don't get the privilege of seeing you face to face like I am in this space describe your features and what you see um like are we being very specific so I have a very thin face a longer nose um big eyes um higher forehead um I actually have a crooked nose which when I was younger whew, now it's just part of me. Um, yeah, how far how far do I go? <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> Keep going. I like it. Thanks. I um is, there, know, is there anything you you don't like? Um, I wish I had a stronger jaw. I always envy women with a nice strong jaw. I don't have one of those. I mean, it's there for those that can't see me. I mean, I I don't have, you know, cheek to neck but <laughs> what does a strong jaw represent to you just, um it just seems like a nice stronger defined face i don't know i mean don't get me wrong i like my face mm -hmm. and it's probably taken me over 40 years to say that um but i do always wish i had a nice jaw it looks nice in pictures okay <laughs> i will tell you what your jaw means okay and what i see in your face as we go along anything else mm. Um, what do you like? What do you like about your face? Well, I like my eyes, which took a long time. I always felt when I was young, um, kind of like E.T., like I had this little face, but always had really big eyes and then eventually kind of <laughs> grew into them. <laughs> um, uh, I like my cheek, like my cheekbones mm. um, a lot. And I really like the shape of my nose, which again, 40 years. Uh, and it is crooked. And, you know, people, I remember meeting people in my teens and 20s that go, oh, did you get in a fight when you were younger? <laughs> uh, no, I didn't, by the way. Um, Describe the shape. You're saying you like the shape. Yeah, I, it's 
you know, it's long, it's straight. I mean, when I say long nose, it's not overly pronounced, but you know, it's a straight nose um, when you look, especially in profile. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a little crooked. Okay. And then what about the tip? What do you notice about the tip of your nose? I don't know. Does is, there, it, is there right definite? I don't know right definitions. Is it Does it look angular? a little, little, little rounded and fleshy at the tip to you at all? Do you see that little, almost like a bowl? Yeah, like right here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Which apparently I must like because I do put a, lot of, a little bit of highlighter on that. <laughs> a little on the cheeks, a little right here. Highlight the high spots, <laughs> the sun kiss spots. Yes. Okay. Awesome. All right. Anything else? Um, you know, it, I mean, right now, like, I think, um, well, I, I think it is a blessing and a curse to have oily skin um, that, you know, even in my 40s, I can still have a little bit, as those listening can't see, but, uh, you know, a little bit of a blemish here and there. Um, but I don't wrinkle as much. And full disclosure, you know this, I also have done Botox before. Um, but I have never really done a lot of inflection with my face. So I don't have deep forehead wrinkles. And that's not because of Botox. It's legitimately because I don't do a lot of inflection. Um, maybe I'm not surprised enough. I don't know. What does that <laughs> say? Um, but yeah, I think, and some of that is a testament. I mean, people know that or maybe they don't know they do now that I also come to you for my skincare. Um, but I think I have really healthy, good Beautiful. skin. And Beautiful, I think, radiant skin. And I think that, you know, that took time to get into. Okay. And then how would you describe your hairline? I mean, I think I have a higher forehead, but not crazy. Um, Is that a little tiny widow's peak that I'm seeing? Little. Yep. Little mini one. Okay. And then your chin. What do you notice about your chin? What's angular? I mean, I have a, I mean, a long oval face. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's like my one definition since I don't have a jaw. I have a good, I have a chin, but it's not really cleft. It's just, I don't know. I've never looked at my chin, Marianne. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what I notice about your chin, yeah. I notice there is there a little bit of like fleshiness, like roundedness on top of the angular. Yes. Kind of like your nose. Yes. So you've got like the structure, but then there's the rounded fleshiness on top. Yes. I'm turning that. Those who can't see, I'm turning. Your profile. You're looking at profile. Yes, I'm looking I, profile. And I am not leading the witness. You're <laughs> you're noticing these things, right? I am noticing these things. Okay. I don't think I've ever paid attention to my chin. So I will tell you what that means okay. too. Okay. So, all right. Um, so I have known you since... I want to say 20, 2013. Okay, math is not my strong suit. So Henry, so my son is six and I came to you. I had a miscarriage um, and wanted to get things right. So someone had recommended you um, for those sorts of things. So I knew I could get pregnant. I wanted to be sure that I could keep it. Um, and so I just wanted you know, you try things. And so I tried you and I think we've been together, well, like seven, seven, seven years. Ish years. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> and so acupuncture has been kind of how we've stayed mm -hmm. connected for many years off and on. And then just recently, yeah. you came to the skincare game. Yeah. I, I felt, um, 
I felt uh, left out of the game. That I didn't know <laughs> that you were doing skincare. Um, I, ha- I have some resentment to you for that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, hopefully you'll you'll forgive me um, through plethoras of samples and and products and gifts. So um, yeah, so so we've had a connection yeah. for quite some time. And so I just in our conversations, I do know bits and pieces of your life right. you've shared with me snippets and through that I've had this um the privilege of being able to get a glimpse into personality your personality your patterns and all of those things mm-hmm. so when I've talked about the elements with you before I might may or may not have mentioned a couple of them yeah. um what comes up for me when I see your face is there are some metal aspects like you're talking about the long thin narrow mm-hmm. face and then the angles so metal is this precious substance that's very refined there could be some aspects of um perfectionism and things needing to be a certain way and sometimes people really have like control like this is how i want things to be um and so and and there's so much more about metal that we can talk about what i love about your face is this softness on top of those angular aspects which the earth element and that shows me that you know um there's a nice compliment there where they're working together. Um, and so with earth, that earth feature, you're going to have like that nurturing aspect. The way I see it show up for you specifically is how you show up for community. Like you're such a woman's woman. You're a champion for women. Um, and the way that you nurture Henry and, you know, like earth is like you had a garden this summer, right? Like, (laughs) And the cooking aspect and just the way that you are really in support of other people. So, um, and then one other aspect that is not showing up so much in your face, but is showing up in your nature is wood. I see wood a lot in in your um, spirit. And wood is drive. Wood is, wood is like, I'm going to get things done. Like, you're not a talker, you're a doer. And um, you really do, like, champion for causes you have an innovative spirit, and there is an aspect of leadership too. So um, we're talking about the features. So when I see the forehead here, and we talked about like high forehead, that has a lot to do with being in your head a lot, mm-hmm. like really like analytical thinking mind, maybe sometimes to a fault. Um, and then the widow's peak here, why I wanted to mention that to you is um, I haven't had anybody on my um, podcast yet that has had that. And it's it's a sensual feature. It's charisma. Oh. Yeah. And, um, and creativity. And why I want to bring that up to you is because um, you have it in your nature. I just question if you block it. So just from conversations we've had and, you right. know, knowing you that um, I want to call that forward for you that you know, you have this charismatic aspect of you and it is complemented so well with the, like how, how large your eyes are. So that's the first thing I notice when I see your face are your eyes. Yeah. Big eyes represent, um, being emotional. No. (laughs) (laughs) So being emotional and being very receptive and very absorbent. So, when you mention not having the inflections, that's where it's there's a possibility of there being almost like a block from the expression. Um, and 
Botox can also take part in that too. Um, but I also think, you know, those choices can also help people to soften yeah. if needed, you know, because you do have such a strong nature with getting things done that could be intimidating to some people, you know? And so sometimes when you're in community, you want to be able to connect. Right. And so I think you're getting just the right amount. No- normally in the past, I've been very no talks was my <laughs> my campaign. Um, but I think, you know, if people are going to make choices, I never want to stand in the way of a woman making a choice for how she feels comfortable about the way she looks. So I think when you do stop or soften your expression, you get an opportunity to work on, you know, that... Um, what's creating that expression and so and you're getting it is it around the 11 lines yep, area so right here and right here and the and the crow's feet joke or joy lines hiding the joy is that what you're telling me? <laughs> <laughs> so with the 11 lines because our culture really does you know um, encourage us to soften that area and you know if we're on screens we're constantly concentrating and hyper-focused and then if you're frustrated or you know like with wood energy a lot of times it's about um being a champion for for injustice and so a lot of times people can have what is called either resting bitch face or that angry face you know and so botox can actually soften that um so i just always encourage people you know knowing that do the work to be conscious and aware of what you're thinking that could potentially be making that expression right and you know um there's a there's a healthy expression of every element so with wood it's getting things done on one end of the spectrum it's anger rage frustration and then on the other end of this uh, spectrum it's compassion and forgiveness and benevolence and patience so knowing like okay if something creates rage in you like the feeling's never wrong. It's just, can we process it to get to that other side? Right. Where it's either forgiving yourself, having compassion for their struggle, benevolence, or patience for the situation. So I know I said a lot there, and we just <laughs> talked about your top half or top third of the face, but is there anything you want to comment on? No. Um. First of all, if anything ever happens to me, please um, speak at my funeral <laughs> because everyone will just think that I'm the most amazing human being. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> uh, no, I think that, you know, that's really interesting. And, um, you know, I will say not, you know, not for other people that do things like Botox and others. And, um, uh, and you know, me obviously being very aware of those things. And so, um, soften, not erasing, I think is, is incredibly important for that. But, um, Yeah. Whew, let's keep going. Can you say anything about this peak here? Did that surprise you? It did. It really did. Um, I mean, one, now I want to pull my hair back in a headband. In a headband or a high bun. Like, <laughs> hi, look at that. Um, no, it's really interesting because that's not ever something that I'd... I would never necessarily call myself creative. Um but yeah, you're creating a whole YouTube channel. Yeah, but creativity speaks to me. It's something that I don't feel. Uh, I don't know if capable of is the right word. Um, 
I think I ha- I hold creatives, you know, like you as well, in a, in a really high regard. Um, you know, God, look at these things that people are creating. I mean, whether it's art or, you know, it is community or, um, you know, writers and that sort of thing. And I hold them very high. So CEOs are not my thing. Creative people have always been my thing. Um, but I n- wouldn't call myself one of them. I think that's interesting. That is interesting. And you wouldn't call yourself one of them because? Uh, I don't feel creative. I mean, I feel like I'm just this walking block of creativity. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, just, don't, I don't know. Like, I feel like I have, like, maybe one or two good ideas every once in a while, which I know is not true. It's, you know, I would, you know, call myself a very complex person, you know, the duality of humanity without necessarily being evil and good. But, you know. I have the self-esteem of, I think I'm great, where I hope everyone, you know, has that self-esteem. Like, um, you know, I think I'm great, but also feel less than in many places. Um, You know, I am part, it's funny, I am taking pandemic and all of that, and I've been doing, you know, just different cohorts and having conversations and obviously starting Trace and talking to you and, coming to you more and crying on your table, um, but working through some things of um, really just trying to figure out why I am, I hope you edit this because I'm very pausy. Um, <laughs> as I try to think, those who can't see, I'm just looking up, trying to find the right words. Um, not... I don't live out loud, which is why I said out loud is um, a big word for me this year. Um, I like lifting others. I'm comfortable lifting others. I feel icky promoting myself. Like those sorts of things keep coming up. And so um, really trying to do better about walking into spaces and not feeling less than. So those creatives and I mean, I surround myself, I would definitely say most of my friends are creatives, whether that's in business or not, but, you know, really creative, amazing. And a lot of young people, um, I just find it so exciting and loving what they're doing in the world. And I kind of just want to be around it. And so while being around it, also trying to not be in the background, but becoming part of it. And so that's been something I work for. So I love the widow's peak, bringing all of that back to you and yes, what you said. Yes. Um, but acknowledging that, well, maybe that is part of me. Yes. And your eyes, receptive yeah. and absorbent. So allow yourself to be in that space and receive it. So, you know, there's so many things that were coming up while you were talking. Like, I remember my dad used to say to me all the time, you're not domesticated, Marianne. <laughs> and like for even into my 30s, I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't cook. You know, like, yeah. I'm never going to have kids. I'm not, I, I wouldn't know how to be a mom. You know, yeah. I, I, I don't know how to live that life. I just am going to be this nomad traveling. And I just kept telling myself because I kept hearing that. Yeah. You know, and so when you keep telling yourself, I'm not creative, I'm not creative, I'm not creative. It's just going to completely block it. And, you know, the other thing, too, is I had someone say to me just last week, because I kept saying, like, am I coach? Am I coach? I wasn't seeing myself as the, quote, conventional, like, one-on-one 45 to 90 minute sessions, you know? Um, and she was like, you have to define what coaching means to you. Yeah. And it's the same thing with creativity. I mean, you're a creator, you birthed a child, you are, you know, creating this 
life. You've created a garden. You've created, you know, um, this this channel and this conversation and this. You're a connector, by the way. It's one thing I want to mention is you are a connector. Um, constantly in the community, you know who's who. You're always, like you said, championing and supporting other women. And what I see in your brows is this roundedness and what that means as an earth feature that you really want people to be comfortable. And sometimes as women, we can sacrifice ourselves in that piece. So maybe being loud or maybe standing, taking a stand, which is a wood aspect. Don't cut that feature off. The Botox might be doing that. Could stop you from like, no, I have a voice too. Yeah. You know what I mean? 100%. And feeling or fearing that, well, other women are going to feel uncomfortable if I share my story and I contribute. It's not so much about like, hey, look at me. Hey, look at me. It's just, yes, I want to be a part of this. Right. Not just behind the scenes. Exactly. Yeah. So, okay, let me see what else I wanted to say about your face. This beautiful face that I get to see um, in front of me. Um, the, the long nose, ambition and independence. I don't, I don't know if that resonates with you, but I see it. I feel it from you. It's a strong <laughs> energy. You know, it's so funny. And I was thinking about this last time we talked was, um, I think part of it comes to, I don't know if it's the Gen X in me. I don't know if it's because it was a time before computers or when people still had jobs for their entire lives. But <laughs> security is really, really big for me. Um, and I have found over the course of 40 years that I take much fewer risks to the point where it dilutes ambition. Because, you know, not taking a job in my 20s because, oh, that didn't offer benefits. Oh, no, no. We do benefits because that's security. Mm -hmm. um, not taking big risks of moving cross country. Oh, because oh, I don't know how to live in L.A. That isn't security. Um, you know, it's it's kind of uh, moving through the world with a drive to have more. And when I say more, be very clear that that isn't money, celebrity, all of that stuff. Like that's not what ambition is to me necessarily. Um, but a lot of that is also muted with the fear of security. And I find that incredibly interesting. It's something that I've been thinking about, you know, a lot lately as we go through things in life. Um, that I wonder where I would have been if I wasn't so nervous about security. What, what is the, the hold on the security? What does that mean for you? I don't, you know. Like, what's the worst thing to happen? I know, right? I think now that comes with also age of, oh, it's the worst thing that could happen. Like, you move home with your family and that would be lovely. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, well, and, and pure transparency, that definition has changed for me now because now I wouldn't change a thing because I love my son. I love my husband. If anything had changed in that, I wouldn't have what I have now. And what I have now is security, which is interesting. Um, but I, I mean, I'm not sure. You know, I think that's something that I work through. That's a lot of my work of well, what does that mean? And do other women have that? Do we need to talk about more about that? <laughs> um, 
you know, I think it is, I, I think a lot of things for me are tons of anxiety is I like to know, oh, back to that metal and controlling. I actually laughed. No one could see that, but <laughs> laughed out loud. Um, you know, controlling what that next step is or, you know, I know what's coming around that bend and that is comfortable for me. There was something that came out recently that said people with high anxiety watch the same shows over and over because we know it's going to happen. And I was like, holy shit, that is me. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny because I can't watch the same thing over and over. Like movies or videos, I'm like, no, I cannot. Yeah, I already no. know what happens. So no. next. Yeah, no, we <laughs> like, we like wow. watching, you know, things that, or even shows that, um, as my husband would make fun of me, I love a good cop drama, but I know the, you know, the beginning, the middle and the end, and it's going to wrap up and it's going to be perfectly fine. And that I can go about my day cliffhangers for people like me. Whew, I'm going to stay up till 4am until I can watch the Heart end of that show. Yeah. <laughs> None of it. Okay. So your yeah. nose, this represents also the decade of the forties. Cause I, I, I don't know if I mentioned to you the Chinese face map, every feature represents a time of life, an emotional aspect or a physical aspect. So um, the nose is the 40s, independence and ambition. So now that you are, you have the security, you said, if we waved a magic wand, how would independence and ambition show up in your life? Because this is in your face. Yeah. This is in your nature. It's calling to be, a, like, utilized and, and awakened. Yeah, I, oh, I wish I had, like, this beautiful answer. I don't know. I think it's taken a very long time, again, 40 years to get to this point. And I think for the first time, things do feel secure. So it's almost, COVID has kind of been this wonderful thing where you just have to stop, you know, completely. And you have to reevaluate all those, what do you want? Where do you want to go? What is that next ambition? And I think part of this time of standstill is repurposing in your brain what that, you know, what does that really mean? And so I'm working through that, but that also includes part of that, you know, being more out loud this year. And out loud doesn't mean being loud to me. It just means speaking up. You know, I'm in a, I'm in a sisterhood cohort um, with a group called Chairman Mom, and it's, they've been really important to me over the past multiple years. Um, but even in those groups with women that I'm incredibly safe with and secure with on Zoom calls, say there's about 10 of us in our, 10, 12 of us in this cohort, I am still one of the very last people to speak, always. I wanna hear what they're saying and I'm curious about their stories and I, you know, I'm always like, do I have anything to contribute to that? And so coming, you know, I think to a lot of women, especially in my group, you know, when we were talking about our words for 2021, which I'm not usually a big word person, but, you know, going with the flow, as one does, I was trying to work through what that word was. And when I finally, again, last person almost to speak, um, I laughed and said, uh, you know, this is a perfect example of, you know, I want to hear what all of you say. I also don't know, don't necessarily know if what I have to say is as valuable. And so, which again, back to that contradiction, I know it is like in your brain, you know that you're great and that you know that you have a ton to contribute. Um, but still, 
I will almost always be the last one to speak or not speak. Shoot, even in text threads with friends, I do the same thing. Um, But when I said what my word was and why, I mean, I got four or five messages that night. Oh my God, I feel that. Oh my God, that resonated with me. I do do that. Um, I do stand back and don't start the conversation, not necessarily start the conversation, but, you know, I don't contribute first. I want to think about it and hear it. And so, um, you know, I kind of hope we have a, a year of women living more out loud this year. Yeah. And minus the insecurities and the doubts, yeah. I've, I'll, I've heard um, instances where going last in, in community is a sign of leadership. You know, with you taking in everyone else's responses and wanting to contribute mm-hmm. in a relevant way, you know, there's there's that perspective yeah. to look at. Oh, I like that perspective. Let's put that out there. <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm curious, too, like, what makes it easier for you to support someone else versus yourself? Um, I, I don't think it's in it. What's funny is supporting other people isn't um, that feeling of insecurity for me, it actually is kind of the opposite, um, which is interesting. Um, supporting other people isn't me being quiet because it actually, it's when I get the loudest is, oh my gosh, look at what this amazing woman is doing in this community. Let's shout this from the rooftops. Let's give her the mic. Let's do these things. I've seen you do that. And that's what you're doing with your YouTube channel. Yeah. It's my most cup filling thing. I love it. Um, But it's also not where I feel mousy. Like, I know I can be loud. um, And I love being loud for other people. Um, It's almost like that contradiction of not saying anything because I feel less than. But in that moment, I feel like I can say anything. So if you were to say something about yourself right now that you want people to know... (laughs) She's crazy. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I don't. Oh, she's working on it. So you mentioned you know you bring value. Yeah, and that value is. Is this like being on the therapy table? For the record, those who haven't come to <laughs> to Mary Hand for. Um, acupuncture this is what she does she asks you these questions and she puts needles in your body (laughs) and then she walks away and says i want you to sit with this (laughs) and while it's glorious it sucks (laughs) the reason why i asked jillian is because you know and i see you going even um further when you recognize you're a part of the table, you're yeah. part of the conversation, you're in contribution, you know, and recognizing your contribution will help you right. push others forward even more. So it's not really, I know you say it's selfish, but you're just always going to be that glue for a community, your connector. I take pride in that. Yeah. okay let me go to your your chin your chin again um earthy this fleshiness here um also resourcefulness and passionate beliefs with a little bit of stubbornness 
I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to hear about some passionate beliefs because I know you and I have talked about some things. Yeah. And I know like a specifically like, you know, um, this whole 2020 year, I you've been one of my people that I've leaned on like, okay, when I'm looking for someone who's socially responsible, when I'm looking for someone who like is considerate of what other people are going through, whether it's pandemic, Black mm-hmm. Lives Matter, this whole election thing, you know, like the mask controversy, yeah. everything. Like you've always been someone who shows up in to wanting and intending to do the right thing, not just for yourself, but for others. Again, champion for community. Yeah. So like these passionate beliefs, talk to me about that. Like, what do you want people to know about? Like what's important to you right now? Yeah. So, um, who it's been a week. I'm not quite sure when this is coming out, but you know, um, first time in 200 years that our capital was um, under siege. Um, it has been a perspective changing year. Um, you know, I come into this as I am a white, able bodied, cisgendered woman. And with that comes um, unearned privilege. And trying to navigate knowing that um, with bringing other people up and along and while still being quiet when it's not my turn to speak, I think that um, it has kind of redefined how I navigate and I wish a lot of other people navigated in this, um, you know, in this country. And so the last, I have no clue if I'm actually answering your question. Um, you are, but I have, this week has been hard. I think, I think it's been hard. I think it has been good in the sense that there are things that I know, you know, obviously white privilege exists and and those sorts of things, but there are a lot of people that just don't get it. And I think this week, especially, you know, Wednesday very much showed the world and everyone um, exactly defining what white privilege is, right? Um, And so while what happened is rage inducing, you know, I think that I've told you, I mean, the past two days, I've been so angry. You don't know what to do with it. Like putting on your makeup, like war paint, like, okay, what are we going to do? Um, I think that that has changed the perspective and conversation. And so even with Trace, and, and you know, I'm very aware, I don't need a bunch of white women telling their stories. I love white women's stories. And I think that they too are valuable. Um, but I don't think they're the only story and I don't think they should be the only story. And so really making an effort and not in a gross, okay, I need to check this box, check this box, check this box, but, you know, really looking at my network of women and looking at those outside of my network, um, and really being sure, um, that I'm giving voice across the board um, and not leaning heavier to one. I mean, I, I get, I live in Indianapolis, Indiana, which is, what, like 80%, you know, not Indi- well, Indiana, I should say, is like 80% white or 60%, or something high. Um, but knowing that we can, if 
if we don't share it, if people don't see it, then they don't, they don't know what their neighbors are doing and they don't know who their neighbors are. And um, I think even in the very small part of what I'm doing, um, this project, which again, I don't know what I want to do when I grow up, but um, I hope this is part of it. Um, you know, with this project has given me the ability to share stories of of women. Again, not like necessarily just CEOs, but just really sharing the stories of our neighbors um, through a lens of empathy and encouragement, um, you know, but also understanding their stories and trying to um, not be a part of their story, right? But to hold the space for them to tell it and not inserting myself as white women have a tendency to do into their narrative. And so just letting them share and then being able to amplify, I think is, it helps with my, it helps with my anger issues of 2020. Yeah. And that intention that you just stated also, I think, really ex- explains why you've had the questions about promoting yourself, even. Yeah, I could see that. No one needs to promote another white woman doing a project. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you are doing this for the community. Right. And so what what does community mean to you? Like, Yeah. Um. I, th- I think that's being redefined part of it. I think the answer I might have given you last year is, you know, not quite where I am now or where I am now is not quite where I was then. But um, I think to me, it's, um, ooh, I think to me, it's, it's not like it's, Oh, I don't know. I hope you had it part of this. I'm like thinking on a hamster wheel. Um, because there's so many like cliche answers you can give. Like it's, you know, all, har- you know, harmonious and unity and, and all of that stuff. And I don't think that's where we are. Yeah. Um, you know, as a pretty far left leaning Democrat, Um, sorry for any of those that aren't, but, um, (laughs) you know, as someone who leans, you know, pretty liberal, um, we have been a party of, um, let's reach across the aisle. We need unity, all these things. And, and while granted, I don't find those weaknesses. I think those are incredibly brave, um, self-aware things to do. I don't think I'm there. And again, this could also be because of what has happened this past week, but um, I'm kind of not there right now. I'm, you know, more of, um, we don't all need to get along, but we're going to move the country forward um, and we're going to govern as we won. And and part of that comes, I can feel myself being angry right now, <laughs> which I didn't want to bring to your podcast. No, um, bring the real, bring but, the all. But really, really mad um, where I I am not okay with reaching across. Now. I don't think there's anything to reach to right now. I think, you know, and that's sad. But um, you cannot reach across to some people 
um, who don't live in the same world that you do. And so it's so divisive. It's so divisive. And and I'm kind of, you know, I think in the beginning it was very much reach across, you know, reach to your cousin, reach to your dad who, you know, your racist dad and all that stuff. And I'm really not there. <laughs> like, I'm really not. I think I'm more to the point of I'm okay with cleaning a little house personally in my community and building up those that are that are doing the work and that are, are on the, the right side of history. Um, I'm currently not, it'd be interesting to listen to this podcast in a year. Um, I am currently um, not into trying to reframe someone's bigoted views right. because they're not going to be. Right. And so I'm, I'm not, I'm not there. And I, and I think that is a very long winded way of saying um, that community looks different. And I don't think it needs to be kumbaya, and I don't think it can be. Um, How do you not let it um, affect your peace? Yeah, that's hard. Again, time, timing is everything right now. Because um, this is really fresh. This is really fresh. Um, I, I find, I do find peace in, so my son is six, um, having conversations and kind of, I find solace in seeing his reaction. I try very hard not to let the rage come into like, you know, our home that much um, with him. But, um, you know, I feel good when he says, or when he asks questions, you know, why are you mad? What is that man doing? Why is he doing that? And, and having those conversations and talking through things with him and, and I can see he gets it. And I'm like, okay, there's, there's hope. Um, you know, back, I, I had mentioned that, um, I'm part of the chairman mom community. We, I went to a retreat one year and, a, a an amazing woman, um, Dr. Breeze Harper gave a talk and she said, and, a, and granted, it, this is a room of almost all white women, um, and she said, when was the first time you talked to your child about race? Right. And it it very much shocked me of, oh, I really haven't, not, we have, but not to the extent that I should have because I don't have to. Right. Because I have a white male child and I don't have to talk to him. And so ever since then, that was, I think Henry was four, maybe when that, when that happened, when that, when I was on that retreat. And ever since then, it has very much been, um, you know, we talk about this and we talk about how there are white people who think they are better than black people. And, you know, do you think this happened because you earned it? Or do you think that you were treated this way by a teacher because of what you look like? And what does that mean? And, you know, and having those conversations. And, and I've never been a parent of... Um, there is no color. You know, we don't raise kids colorblind. They see it. They just don't care. And so how do we, you know, build on that and perpetuate that a little bit more? Um, so that's where I find a little bit of, of calming is, is knowing that I'm laying the foundation with my child, hoping that other parents are laying the foundation with their child you know, for the, for that community that we hope to have one day. Yeah. I'm so glad that you brought Henry up. Cause that was going to be my next question was like, what, how do you want to raise him? Like what, what man do you want him to be? I know he's six, 10 to age of six, <laughs> but, um, your intentions with his upbringing and yeah. Yeah. I want him to, 
I want him to know. God, it sound, I mean, I know there are white parents that are going to hear this and say, ugh, but I want him to know that his privilege is unearned. Right. And I think that's OK to know um, that his privilege in the world is because of who his parents are and, you know, our bank account statement and, um, you know, in the community that we live in. And so um, I think it's important. I want him to know that he is no better than anyone, but no one is better than him. Um, I think that I want him to not, I don't know, I want him to live, um, I want to raise him creative, you know, with creativity and I want him to find purpose. And I think right now, just, um, I think right now, just letting him be a kid, which I think as a society, we rush them really, really quickly. Um, I think letting him be a six-year-old boy who just wants to play with Pokemon and, you know, and do marble runs and that sort of thing, um, while still in the background being parents and have, having conversations that shape him um, into a decent steward of society. Again, yeah. into being part of the conversation, but not being the conversation. I love that. Okay, so, you know, I asked this question, given everything we've talked about, what do you think humanity needs the most? Again, it's a rough week <laughs> to answer that question. Um, you know, I I think that we need to really look inside. I think that we need to reevaluate some things. And um, I have no clue where I heard it or where I learned it, but that, you know, if you believe something, ask why. And then when you answer that question, ask why again. And then ask why again. I think that it would be nice if we started peeling our beliefs back as, you know, leaves of onions and really getting into what that core means. And if that core um, is ugly, we need to look at that, you know. And and I think that I think that a lot of white people need to shut up and need to sit down. Um, but I think that um, and listen. Yeah, I think there's a lot of faith to be to be had in kids today right now. So <laughs> who I don't even know who said it. I, I wish I was better at like quoting things. I'm terrible at it. I take a ton of notes. Um, you know, the kids are going to save us, I hope. And I and I have a bit of faith in that. I think that the good is going to outweigh the bad. And I, I would hope that humanity at this moment. And again, this would probably be a very much softer answer six months ago or even hopefully six months from now but um we got a lot of work to do um i think that when things like wednesday were very much um on center stage and there was a lot of outrage right um i think that it's a really good reflection point i hope it does something um but a really good reflection point of what humanity needs right now because I'm angry with humanity right now. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I'm hearing self-reflection and I'm also hearing investing in, in in our future through our children. Yeah. Yeah. I think if we listened more, talked less, I think that could do wonders. Yeah. And I feel you on the anger. I, I completely get it. This has been really challenging times and I, I heard someone said 
they were done with their seven-day trial of 2021. Let's give it back, but <laughs> I'd like a refund on this. Yes, but um, so you said self-reflection or or looking inside were your words. So okay. let's take another look. She hands me back the mirror. <laughs> what do you see? Um. Well, one, all I now focus on is the widow's peak. <laughs> Which, for the record, is my favorite thing now. Everyone's going to be like, what's your favorite feature? I'm like, mm, duh, widow's peak. <laughs> Which you said you were going to raise Henry with creativity. And you I, already do. You I guys do projects that. all the time. Well, it's so funny. I mean, I'm a parent that creativity is also, like, within science. So we do a lot of science projects. But I think that's that's a whole other conversation. But, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think that, you know, science and STEM and all of that is incredibly creative. Yeah. Um, so we definitely do. We definitely do a lot of that, but I'm going to... You, you get know. to define what creativity exactly. is, too. Um, it's so funny. I'm actually fo- focusing more on the softness now as opposed to the angular lines than I did the first time I looked in the mirror. Um, still embracing giant eyes. Very into that. But definitely, I never really thought of the softer parts because I do have an angular face. Um you have the drive, you have the, amb- you have the ambition, you have the um, desire to get things done, but there's also this nurturing aspect yeah. to support others, which, my dear friend, I want to turn to you and let you know I, I support you so much. So Thank you. I want to be a champion for you if you can't be for yourself right now. And I know you're doing your work. I know you are. And I really, really do um, admire you for the intention that you're setting for for Henry and how much you care about other people's experiences that are not your own. Yeah. I think we need more of that. Yeah. We have a really rich community of people doing beautiful, small things. And I hope I have the opportunity to learn and hear, but also share what those are. Is there anything else you want to share? Any other final messages? <laughs> um, I Normally, I would probably say, yeah, but I mean, I think we hit it. I think that... Um, Anything to your lover? <laughs> I love you, boo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> listen more, talk less. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, lady. I really appreciate thank you Thank you for having here. me. Thank you for listening to the Humanity Speaks podcast. With the rise of social media engagement and video conference calls, many people are feeling more self-conscious about seeing themselves face on. I believe that if you love yourself when you see yourself, you elevate humanity, which is why I've created programs to help people love who they see in the mirror. I wanna show you how to look at yourself with love, compassion, and acceptance, so you can share your strengths, presence, and talents with pride. The best part is we can work together one-on-one in a group program or even in person. Simply visit MarianneTelkovsky.com or follow me on Instagram at MarianneTelkovsky and we can get started right now on your path to radical self-acceptance, healthy aging, and building your radiant energy. Until next time, signing off, this is Marianne Telkovsky with Humanity Speaks.